Welcome to episode 111. Today we are talking about setting boundaries for your kids. Often as single parents, we, in our desire to fill the shoes of two parents, we inadvertently put our kids on the pedestal and serve their every whim. Well, we should be teaching them how to listen to others and understand that the world does not revolve around them. Today's guest is Leanne Kanzler. She is a psychologist and divorce coach from Sydney, Australia. She found true happiness, freedom and success after her divorce. And she loves to help people just like you to find their true selves too. Thank you for reviewing, downloading and subscribing to our podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. Now be the messenger of hope and share this episode with one of your friends. Enjoy this conversation with Leanne. If you'd like to suggest a future topic for the podcast, please fill out feedback form located in episode notes. Something exciting happened as a result of this podcast. On December 9, 2022, Soul Parent Book, Inspirational Wisdom and Guidance on Navigating Life as a Single Parent was born. This is a collection of the most inspiring and powerful stories from wonderful guests over the last 33 months in my podcast, Single Parent Success Stories, stories of accomplishments, challenges, and breakthroughs of single parents as well as experts to help navigate the post-divorce journey. When I started my podcast, my goal was to create a guide to single parents by sharing inspiring stories that remind us there is light at the end of the tunnel. Nothing is lost. It's an opportunity for a rebirth and a reinventing of yourself. It's an opportunity to look at life and become conscious of where you are headed and an invitation to create a life by design. If you like to get a copy of the book, please follow links in the episode notes. All proceeds are going to the Kinship Charity. Welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. I am your host, Irina Shehovtsov, and I am on a mission to empower broken-hearted women to break the chains of the past and move forward boldly into the future. Single Parent Success Stories was created to inspire single parents out there who are struggling to help them realize what is possible. Hello and welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. Today's guest comes to us from Australia, from Sydney, Australia. Her name is Leanne Kanzler. She is a psychologist and divorce coach. She found true happiness, freedom and success after her divorce. And she loves to help people just like you to find their true selves too. Welcome, Leanne. It is a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Arena. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So please share with us your story. How did you become a single parent and how did you end up doing what you do now? Mm, I'll give you the abbreviated version. So um, I got married when I was uh, 20 and divorced when I was 38. And that whole time was uh, very controlled. And uh, I really lost my sense of self. You know, being married so early, I really didn't have a clue who I was to start with. And then being with someone who was very sure of himself and what he wanted and how he wanted it, I find myself just following everything that he wanted to do and dumbing myself down in a sense so that I would please him. Sometimes it's really hard to please the unpleasable. 
And um, I got further and further away from my truth until it got to the point where I was fantasizing about driving into a truck. And I realized that, okay, this is not good. Something has to give. Um, I did go and see a psychologist uh, at one point, mostly to appease my husband because he kept telling me that all the problems in our relationship were my fault. And I knew that the relationship issue was his. <laughs> that was my perspective. And when I went to the psychologist, that's when I actually decided that I was going to go back to university and study psychology. So I was 30 at that point. And he was very unhappy with that decision because he wanted me to come home and tell him that it was all my fault and I was going to change and I was going to make his world amazing. Uh, instead, I decided that I was going to make my world amazing. And at that point, I had a one-year-old son. And it was like a month after I went to that appointment that I started uni. And uh, it was a struggle. It was an absolute struggle because he was extremely unsupportive. But I was on a mission and I, I went slow. It took me eight years to do a four-year degree because I was doing it part-time. I had my second child. And uh, then my father died in 2008 and my husband was unable to support me. He really had no idea what to do. And for me, that was a massive catalyst for change because I realized there was going to be a lot more times of grief as I aged and I couldn't do my life with this person anymore. And it was a couple of months later that I just woke up one day and said, I'm done. And, and that was it. Um, it kind of took me five years to get to that point. Um, and a lot of people go through that. I'm sure a lot of your single parents will be listening will know that, yeah, sometimes it can take years to make the decision to that they just cannot do it anymore. You try your absolute hardest to make it work, especially for the children. But then there comes a point when you realise that it's actually unhealthy for your children to be in that relationship as well. From there, uh, I, well, I still remember the day that I told him it was over and, and I just felt this huge relief that first 24 hours was like, oh, my God, I'm free, I'm free, yay. <laughs> and then, of course, the real, the realistic of, oh, my God, now what? Um, we have to sort out the children, the house, the money, the, uh, the work. I need to get better work. Um, I was really earning a very little money at that point. I was still an, an intern psychologist. Um, so then from that, I ended up, um, doing more work on myself. So I started doing workshops and coaching and I absolutely loved the coaching. It was so forward thinking. It was so in the moment. I didn't have to walk, work on my past stuff as such. And, um, I decided to start coaching. So I learned how to, to do coaching as well. And, in coaching, they always talk about, well, you need a niche. Who do you want to work with? And it took me a little while to figure out that, you know what, when people are going through a divorce, it is quite traumatic. There are so many huge decisions to make. People feel quite controlled. They feel overwhelmed. They feel devastated. They feel grief. They're absolutely terrified about how this is going to affect their children uh, they don't know how to support their children because they can barely support themselves sometimes. And I saw firsthand when I was trying to date that a lot of men 
have no clue about their emotions and what's going on. And they kept projecting their anger onto me. And I was extremely grateful that I had my education to back me up and go, oh, hang on a minute, this is their stuff. I'm not taking this on as my stuff. And I could push that away. But unfortunately, a lot of people in the dating scene, and I see this all the time, they don't understand that. They, they take it on board as, my God, what's wrong with me? Um, these guys or these girls, they're crazy. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. It's all my fault. And then they lose hope. So I decided that I really want to work with men is what I initially started with. I want to help men be better men. I want to help them understand their emotions. I want to really help them uh, connect to their heart and work on their trauma and their upset of the breakup and their childhood stuff. And that was really so beautiful, um, such a gift. I love working with men and, and seeing them open up. And then I realized that, you know what, there's a lot of women out there who really need this as well. And I love working with women because it's so different. And so I opened up my program to women as well. And it's been wonderful just seeing those results, seeing women really struggle with guilt it's so different men and women. A lot of women feel really guilty about how they're parenting and what they're doing. And a lot of men feel so much resentment because they're not having access to their children and they don't know how to cope with that and how to improve that. And then they get angry and then that makes it worse. So I help both, both men and women to connect to who they are and to not put their children in, in front of them in terms of importance because we have to look after ourselves in order to look after our children. So, um, yeah, that's my story in a, a nutshell. <laughs> awesome. And I, I think I can relate uh, to your story in the sense I also had the lost uh, sense of identity. Um, I was married. We knew each other for 15 years and married for nine years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's doing the activities and sometimes you associate yourself. I'm someone else's wife. I'm someone else's mom, but who am I? And standing on that uh, kind of new path of your life and rediscovering who you are, sometimes you feel lost and it takes time to get better. It takes time to understand what it is. And the fact that we always seek for external way to become happy while happiness is all inside of us. So it can relate in, in your work, how you, what you are doing. I'm also helping women recover and reclaim their life to remember who they are, to become happy again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. So, and I appreciate the fact that you started first with men. I think oftentimes it's difficult for men to articulate uh, their emotions because growing up, uh, what we often hear is boys don't cry. Boys got to be strong and uh, emotions are usually shoved under the rug. So. Yes. And now we are more open about it and we start talking uh, about how to deal with that. And I think it's incredible. Uh, allows for people to connect. And in any relationship, it's not to say it's either woman fault or man fault because we come from two different backgrounds and we got to make compromises because we live with each other. But some compromises to a point like you cannot really agree with certain things if they go against your values because then you end up losing yourself and you end up having that loss of identity in the end of the day <laughs> absolutely and it's so important to be our true selves 
And sometimes we don't even know who that is, right? It took me ages, took me years to figure it out. And um, I still hear now some parents, usually the dad, saying, oh, yeah, no, can't let my kid cry. No, no, no. And I think, hmm, really? <laughs> Where did you learn that? And then I just talked to them about the importance of allowing their child to cry. And another thing that we often hear men and women say is um, the little my little man. They never say my little woman for their little girl, but they do say my little man. And I always say, your child is not a man. Your child is a little boy. And if we talk to them like that, what it actually does is puts on a sense of responsibility on them that they don't need. So, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting helping people understand their own language and the impact that it has on their kids. Yeah, and also when we were speaking with you previously, you mentioned a, a very good point about not putting kids on a pedestal. Oftentimes as single parents, we want to compensate for the uh, luck that we are a single parent and we give in too soon or we agree to things to please our child. So, uh, And I think you made a very good point with, uh, that we need to not put them on a pedestal, basically. <laughs> so you yes. want to elaborate on that? Yes. So if you think about the principle of CPR, you know, when we're resuscitating someone, we always have to look around and protect ourselves first. And, you know, when the, the mask comes down in the aeroplane, we always have to put our mask on first before we put it on our children or anybody else around us. Because if we are not safe and strong, then we don't have the energy to look after anybody else. And this actually works with our children as well. And I admit I made mistakes too, so I'm not judging anybody. And we do this from love. We love our children so much that we want the absolute world for them. And, and that's a beautiful thing. However, we have to set really clear boundaries with their, our children and let them know that they are not more important than us. So I know for a fact that there will be parents out there who buy everything for their children. They buy beautiful clothes for their kids. And then they go and buy the cheap stuff for themselves or they don't buy anything at all. And what that says to the child is, I'm more important than you. And if we put our children up here and ourselves down here, what we're raising is, I'm going to be really blunt here, little mini narcissists, children who believe that the world revolves around them. I need to have it all my way. I'm the most important thing in the world. And we all know people who are like that as adults and looking at, oh, what messages were they given as kids? Were they given the message that, you know, you are the most important, precious thing in the whole entire world and you can do no wrong and you are perfect? It's nice to believe that, but it's actually not true because A, no one's perfect and perfection is a very hard standard to live up to and it actually creates issues. And we all make mistakes and it's great to make mistakes because that's how we learn. And children need to know their, their place in the world and their place is not on top of mummy and daddy. It's underneath them where they can feel safe and secure. Yes, so true. I think it's an important message to share and an important point about Ray, Ray, not raising a next level narcissist, but to do better knowing what we know now. What mm -hmm. kind of advice would you give to your younger self, that person that was just 
became a single parent? That's a great question. You know, I think don't be so hard on myself. And in regards to my ex-partner, I had no boundaries with him as far as the kids were concerned. I was really trying to still keep him happy, make sure everything was, you know, good so that he wouldn't be angry with me and I couldn't be accused of anything. Um, And in doing that, I actually set myself up for failure because I was doing things I didn't want to do to please him, such as um, drop-off times with the kids and where to meet and how often to meet and all that sort of stuff. And it actually created us fights because I was trying to make things better and I was compromising myself all the time and it never worked. It was like, oh, my God, I'm just trying to do the right thing here. And then it just created a fight because I had no boundaries and he walked over me and then he got more and more of what he wanted and I felt more and more small. And that, of course, led to me feeling more resentful and angry and it's hard to be a really great parent when that's how you feel. So I, through therapy and through coaching, I realized the error of my ways and I stopped doing that. I just simply stopped doing it. You know, we set a time, we set a place, that was it. I didn't do anything to suggest to make it easier for him or anything like that. I just left it. And I came to realize that hmm, if he wants it in a different time or place, he can ask me. Why do I have to be the the helper and suggest all the time? And it just made our lives so much easier. And I stopped pandering to his needs is what I'm really trying to say. And um, I pulled back. I stopped messaging. I stopped making a lot of effort on behalf of the kids because I figured, well, he needs to make the effort. And I'm giving so much energy trying to ensure that things are going well between my kids and their dad that I'm wasting my own energy and I'm not having enough energy to give to my own children. And and that was really lovely to be able to have that realisation and then just stop doing it. <laughs> it's like, whoa, that's a realisation. Wow, okay. And it was, and it's nice. And I actually teach this to a lot of my clients now. Like, okay, why, why, why are you doing that? And they're like, mm, I don't know. And and then I help them to to let go of their responsibility to to fix everything in their world. And it's very, very freeing. Yeah, I can attest to, the, to that. <laughs> Co- causing, you don't want to cause trouble, you want to create peace, but how? what are you willing to pay for that peace? And, you know, yeah. that, that could be, again, stealing your own energy. How, how young, or what, what were the ages of your kids when you were separated and divorced? And how did um, they take it? Yes, not well. Um, they were only seven and nine. Uh, a few years later, my daughter told me that the moment we told her was the worst day of her life. Oh, still makes me feel emotional thinking about that. But now she's 20 and she's a very wise young woman and she has said to me on many occasions that um, she knows it was the best thing for me because now I'm happily married and she loves my husband and she can absolutely see the difference in me. And she said, wow, you like I can really see how different you are now. I can see how happy you are now. I can see what a real, oh, I feel emotional again. Wow. Uh, I can really see how a good relationship should be. 
And to me, that is such a gift for her and my son. He's not as verbal as her, so he hasn't said anything. He's 22 now. So, but they both can see now what a real loving relationship has to look like. And, you know, when I was with their dad, it was it was not. It was a lot of fighting. It was me being depressed and anxious. It was me being blamed for everything. It was me walking on eggshells and um, being ignored, you know, the silent treatment. And they were too, too little to understand that, but now they can see, oh, right, okay, that's not normal. That's not healthy. That's toxic. And, uh, yeah, so now they've set high standards for themselves and what they want in a relationship. So whilst it was extremely painful to, to tell them, and I remember that day very clearly, even though it was such a long time ago, um, we worked through it. And I actually did take them both to therapy because I didn't want them to blame me uh, because, you know, they'd heard all their life that it was my fault. So I did take them to therapy and it was only a few sessions each where they got to just work through their sadness, their grief about us splitting up. And, and that was very helpful as well. And, you know, parents listening, if you can afford it, I highly recommend just a couple of sessions just for the kids to work through what's going on. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's important and uh, uh, to, to teach kids a positive relationship experience. Oftentimes we stay in a relationship for the sake of the kids, but to a point if all they see is you fighting and being miserable and submissive or uh, mm. feeling depressed and anxious, then they're going to learn a different lesson. That's the, that they're going to the, create the same in their life when they grow up because they think this is how a relationship supposed to be. Yeah. Kids do what they see instead, not what we say to them, but what they see us do. Uh, they absorb everything. and Yes, very true. And then they make up their own minds as to what a relationship should be because that's what they're used to. And even if they don't like it, that's what they're used to. And so they will then go out and meet people who imitate what they grew up in. They will imitate, you know, the, their relationship. So, they'll, they, you know, the old saying, you marry your mom or you marry your dad, it's kind of true. Um, and, and the reason that we do that is to give us the lessons that we need. You know, without my difficult marriage, I never would have done as much work on myself as I had. I never would have went back to university and studied psychology. I would not be now in this position where I can help people to really figure out who they are because I would have no lived experience. I wouldn't understand what it's like to be in that type of relationship and what it's like to be a single parent and what it's like to find love again and uh, what it's like to introduce your children to your new partner and make sure everything works out and there's so much to it. Right, right. What do you think is the most important trait to instill in a child? Mm. There's so many things, but the first word that comes up for me is compassion. And, and that's an understanding for, and this is for little boys and little girls, not just for the girls, compassion for themselves when they're feeling sad or angry and to really know that, you know what, that's okay. You're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be happy and excited and compassion for other people in their lives, whether it be other children or animals 
or uh, their own parents in a sense. Not too much there. You don't want them to feel responsible for, for you as a parent. But compassion then leads to an open heart, love, empathy, acceptance, so much more. And it's it's a lovely, gentle sort of value to have. And it's really worthwhile having that compassion for yourself. It's something I teach to my clients regularly because people always say, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's I can really see how somebody else is struggling and, you know, it's okay not to be perfect and, oh, yeah, I can get why they're angry and upset, but no, not me. No, I shouldn't be like that. <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> and then I teach them that compassion for themselves and how to allow themselves to accept that they're human too and it's okay to feel whatever those feelings are it's okay and and to work through them because uh, as you know emotions are the way that we we learn and grow if we can tap into them and um, you know Irene I think it's our role what we do is help people tap into their emotions and grow from that yes totally agree Emotions that just want to be felt, experienced, and then released and let go. And oftentimes we hold on to them for long periods of time and then they get stuck and lodged in our body and can manifest as a disease. Absolutely. I believe emotions, negative emotions are like an alarm system, just like an alarm from which you wake up in the morning, an alarm to let you realize that something is going against your values. That's why you're feeling those emotions, but it's not for you to take possession of them and like hold on to them for dear life. It's like, <laughs> I, you got the alert, now make a different decision, take a different yeah. choice, make a different action. Or Absolutely. find a positive therapeutic way of releasing emotions, not in a glass of wine because it's only last you for so long in the morning you wake up and experience the same thing over again, but some kind of yeah. a positive uh, emotional release through some kind of activity or uh, like practicing gratitude or going with a baseball bat and playing tennis if you have a lot of anger in you. Yeah, agreed. And writing, writing can be a really good yes. thing, you know, journaling or writing to your younger self or writing to that pain that you're feeling because it helps you to really express it in a way that's uh, safe because no one else is there to read it. And then when you're done, you can just rip it up or burn it. And uh, it helps you to get really super clear about where you are and uh, what you're going through. And I like the concept of throwing it out when you're done because it means you never have to look at it again. It's like you're energetically saying, thank you. <sighs> I'm done with this. It's time for the next step. Yes. What do you think is your personal superpower? Mm. If you had one, what would you name it? Personal superpower. Yeah, I think I'm just going to say that I really love working with people and helping them to find their true self, helping them to set really super clear boundaries and to love themselves. And you know what? That's a superpower because this work, it saves lives. Like, let's face it, people can be quite suicidal after a divorce it's extremely stressful and for someone to walk in feeling like their world is going to end and walk out going, hmm, that's okay, I can do this. Yes, I have hope. I can see the light. I think that's a superpower. 
totally i love it i love it are there any i called any fun projects you're working on that you like to share um well i'm putting together a, a group at the moment uh which is which is fun uh you know on the other fun side i i you know i love painting and and doing creative things like that just for for a bit of a creative outlet and and writing fantasy books and stuff like that just for my own entertainment um but on the 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 work side of things you know i i am putting together a group at the moment where people can come together and share their stories and work on their stuff and be supported. So if anyone is interested in that, I'd love to love you to reach out and, you know, give them a free 20 minute conversation to have a chat about where they're at and if they're ready for, for this, or if they need something a little bit more supported, um, definitely, definitely happy to talk to people about that sort of thing as well. Awesome. Awesome. Is there anything I haven't asked that you would like to share? Oh my gosh, Irina. <laughs> There's so much. Yeah, I think I just want to really give people a sense of hope. Wherever you are right now, it's not going to be like this forever. If you don't have your children with you, it's so important to work on yourself and not focus your resentment and anger on your ex-partner because that just really keeps you stuck. But when you really work on yourself, it just gives you so much power and a sense of control and a sense of, okay, I can do this. And it helps you to see what you have to do to, to change the situation. Uh, as a quick example, I had a, a gentleman who whose wife, ex-wife, was telling all sorts of lies about him in regards to drug use and alcohol use and other stuff. And he voluntarily went and gave hair samples. He had to grow his hair to do this, mind you, because he had like a number one buzz cut. So he had to grow his hair so he could go and voluntarily give samples. And I helped him to manage his conversations with her because they were definitely not helping and after a few months he went to court all that sort of thing and now he has 50 50 with her and he comes to me and he just rages about her but with her he's very nice he's very gentle he's learned that you can catch more flies with honey and um, he's learned how to manage his anger and that has made a huge difference to him and his kids and his relationship with his ex-partner amazing i think it's a great testimonial mm. and you know being peaceful and uh, not giving in to your emotions staying calm makes a big sometimes we get carried away we do it's kind of like that situation where your ex sends you a, a text and you just want to go oh my god you type it all out then you delete it you type it all out then you delete it then you type it all out again and you go okay <laughs> Awesome. If people would like to uh, reach you, learn more about you, where would they go? Um, they can send me an email, leanne at leannekanzler.com or my website, leannekanzler.com. There's a calendar link there where they can send me a message. Um, if they're in the States, which they likely are, given that's where most people listen to podcasts, um, probably best to send me an email so I can accommodate my calendar a little bit more because my calendar obviously is in Australian time. 
Um, but I'm pretty flexible. And so uh, if I can, I will always make time for, for you. So feel free to send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming, sharing your wisdom and the importance of teaching children not to be on the pedestal, but setting clear boundaries and uh, uh, teaching them that they're not the center of the universe and so that they're able to listen to others and be active members of society and not expect yes. everything handed to them. Absolutely. So important. Thank you so much. If you like this episode, please share with somebody who would benefit. You can leave comments, topic suggestions, and add your reviews on Apple Podcasts. It also helps greatly when you download the episode. If you feel lost, emotionally hurt after divorce and want to rediscover who you are, you don't have to do it alone. Join our community on Facebook, Limitless Women, Self-Love, Mindset, and Support for Relationships, where we hold trainings and various events to help you thrive and become happy again. Because life after divorce is possible and can even be great. If no one told you today, I want you to know that I love you and believe in you because you are limitless.